Hi, uh, my name is Julie R., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I say that uh, not to come off like on a high horse or to divide the room, but that's what the big book tells me. Um, on page XIII, it tells me that there's been 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And that, um, you know, what I'm to do is to share with others precisely how I have recovered is the main purpose of this book. So I have been in OA since 1981. I'm 61 years old. Um, I've lost and gained over 100 pounds probably three times. Um, I'm 5'2". I had weighed over, well, the last time I weighed myself was when I was 302 pounds. And I was a very tight 24, actually a size 26. So I'm about a size 8, 10, and down about 153, 55 pounds. Um, but that's just my stats. Um, so I've been a compulsive overeater as long as I can remember the first time that I took that first compulsive bite. Um, I've shared this several times. Some people might have heard it. Um, my mother and grandmother were sitting at the kitchen table and they were arguing. It was going like from French to, to Native American. And I went in and I made a sandwich standing up and I made another one and ate it, another one, another one. It's either I brought the fifth or the sixth one to the table acting like it was my first one. And, you know, the big book tells us that we eat for the ease and comfort, right? The effect. So I got it that first time I was eight years old and I remember sitting at the, at the table and just like this warmth came over me. I don't know, maybe like what happens to you when you do heroin or whatever, but that was the effect. It's like it just kept me safe. I was like in a bubble. Um, of course, consciously, I didn't know what was going on. Um, I had a lot of physical issues with my knees. I could never run. I could never play, jump. I was always like the timekeeper. I missed a lot of school. Um, and so I was already different and a part of. So what I learned at a very early age was to be better than other people in other aspects of, of things that I could do at that age. I... Um, became, I had to be cocky so because people would make fun of me always on crutches or casts. So that kind of, those are those character defects that weren't defects at one time, but they turned into something that I would use the rest of my life. Um, as I got older, probably 12, I started to put, you know, 10 pounds on and my mother made a comment and I was 12 or 13. She said, no boy is ever going to want a fat girl. So right then and there, I felt like, great, you know, my worth is all in my, my size. And you would have think that would have stopped me from overeating, right? Because I don't want to get bigger. I want to get married. It didn't. Um, my mom took me to Weight Watchers. And, of course, diets work. Less calories, less food, more movement. They work for everybody but the real compulsive overeater. Because I... It, you know, I have certain trigger foods, alcoholic foods, red light foods, whatever everybody wants to call them, that any time I ingest them, I have alert, awakened that allergy, that physical allergy. And then it just takes over. The mental obsession comes. So I knew I was different, but I didn't know what that meant. Um, so I would go on a diet. I would lose weight. Then 
I would go eat something that I ate before I lost the 20 pounds. And I was off and running. I'd been for a day, two days, five days, then I'd go on a diet. So I did that um, all the way through high school. But I was able to maintain a body image that wasn't didn't look bad. I think it was like a 12. And um, But I could remember wearing a light jean jacket to high school because I felt my body was so hideous. It looked, my mind showed me this 300-pound woman, but I wasn't. Um, and, you know, the second part of the, our disease, right, it centers in the mind. You know, and, and it's so powerful. Um, my, my mind left untreated every day could drive me back to behaviors and then food. So um, after I graduated from high school, actually that week, um, I was in a very dysfunctional family. And that does not make me a compulsive overeater. It's just part of the fact. So I wanted to leave as soon as I turned 18 and I got an apartment. And that should have been the happiest day of my life. I went and bought every binge food that we were never allowed to have in our house. And I ate and I purged all night looking out the window thinking somebody was going to kill me because we would get threatened like the devil's going to come and that kind of stuff. That was my newfound freedom. So I rapidly gained 100 pounds, like I, don't know, I think like seven months maybe. And I finally looked like I thought I looked in my head. And there's so many diets that I tried. I mean, you know, the brown rice diet, Suzanne Summers diet, I got injected with pregnant women's urine, uh, illegal drugs, legal drugs, uh, so many books. I joined so many gyms. You name it, I tried it. And they all worked. But the difference was I'd gain, I'd lose 40, and I gained that 40 back plus a couple more. I gained 80 pounds, I'd lose it. So, you know, I'd try to manage my weight um, through starving and throwing up, and I was still 300 pounds. So what happened was, um, you know, I was just so sick and tired of this, but I didn't know what to do. And I had already been through therapy for other stuff. Um, I was sitting at the kitchen counter reading Ann Landers. It was a, um, a a woman who did, a you know, Dear Abby or every week in the newspaper and somebody would talk about a problem and they would get these solutions and it was about what oh, overeaters anonymous it was a woman describing what she did with food ate out of the garbage yep i did that eat off of other people's plates you bet i would clean off the dishes when i was home a kid and i eat i eat the plates um you know, eat till you can't move anymore. I would do that. I would eat uh, frozen candy in the freezer. I would eat it out of the garbage. Uh, we had to make pudding on the stove until it boiled, and I would eat it, and I would, you know, get really uh, red on the roof of my mouth because I just couldn't wait, couldn't wait. And I would go on these horrific binges, and I might, once I would eat something, all I could think about is I got to get home. I got to be in the safety of my house so that I could go ahead and eat to oblivion. Um, and there's nothing that I can do can stop that binge. Um, it's, for me, it's usually I will eat everything remotely possible that would try to, you know, satisfy that, that craving I was having um, if I got interrupted or I literally passed out because I ate so much. So up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, I met my husband um, in 1986, and I was thin had been abstinent for over a year in OA. Back then, we were given the gray sheet, uh, a diet, 
if you will. Um, and I, he took me out to dinner, and I took one bite of his French fry, which was one of my foods. But I didn't really categorize my foods as X, Y, Z, you know, alcoholic trigger. And I went on a binge, and I started to gain weight. And it's like, here I am dating this new guy. So I lost it and found a new sponsor because I broke my abstinence. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I did that. Um, long story short, to get up to where we are, you know, kind of kind of current times. Um, when I got really into the big book, even though that's all we had when I first came in, but I didn't really indoctrinate myself in it. I didn't associate it with it. It's like those first seven pages of Bill's stories. I didn't say, yes, I I eat like Bill drank. I think like Bill thought. All of that until about mm, maybe 2000. And that's when my life started to change. Um, I would maintain and be absent for four or five years at a stretch. And But what happened was is, you know, we have a, OA reduces our ego, right? I mean, because we become humble and we start um, through our higher power, we start to change. You know, I'm not as stern. I don't yell. I don't scream at people. I, um, I'm, I'm just, you know, I've had that transformation. But on the flip side of that, you can rebuild your ego. And, you know, the big book's very clear what happens when we don't do this daily work. And I would get complacent. So I started to overeat my abstinent foods. Well, that is not abstinent, right? I mean, if I have a food plan and I'm eating twice the amount of abstinent foods, but I would lie to myself, you know, the the delusions and the illusions and the just the dishonesty that comes with this disease. I would tell myself, oh, it's okay. It won't hurt. And then I'd gain 20 pounds then 30 pounds. Um, and then I had another uh, about four and a half years, and I um, I work a very structured and disciplined program, but I got really involved in a big book meeting when it first started about eight years ago. And I was moderating and leading and being a speaker. And I thought, you know what, maybe I don't need to do all of the tools that I'm doing. You know, I think I'm just going to maybe not go to my structured and disciplined OA program and just, um, you know, hang out with my big book people. That lasted two weeks. I gained 70 pounds in four months. See, I hadn't touched any of my alcoholic foods. I hadn't purged for a good four and a half years. But I have a problem with volume. I can't just eat, um, you know, by using a deck of cards or a, a golf ball for a half a cup of rice. And I I was, you know, sneaking the food, having to replace it at work, um, eating so fast that I would choke, um, hiding it from my husband, we, you know, the surround sound. I'd make sure when something really loud was on TV, I would grab whatever I had and eat it so he couldn't hear me chewing. All Everything came back in a flash. Um, so where am I today? I have entire abstinence. I don't ingest any of my alcoholic foods. Um, I pray and meditate as soon as I get up. And it doesn't have to, I don't do this 20 or 30 minutes, 
sitting in a certain place. I do about, well, I mean, I do about 20. But, and I do it all throughout the day because the big book is very, very clear. You know, we, we, we see God throughout the day. Um, and I do, if I have things that are going on, if somebody at work is just driving me up a wall and he's showing up on my nightly review for three three days in a row, my sponsor will say, hmm, sounds like you've got a bit of a resentment, so let's do some deeper work. And I'll do, you know, a mini four through nine. Uh, um, if something's happening to me and I can't wait to talk to my sponsor, it's just like I'm going to rip somebody's head off. I do a 10 step with somebody and I do it with somebody who um, is a re- another recovered person and who's going to not co-sign with me. It's like, oh my God, I would do the same thing. No, I need to hear where I am being resentful, selfish, dishonest, fearful. I have to know those things. What am I doing? Um, and I follow that to a T. I do a, a, my nightly reviews exactly out of the 11th step. Those, I think it's 12 questions they ask, and I do that every night. Um, I sponsor. I, I'm in the literature every day, the big book, the AA 12 and 12, the OA 12 and 12. Um, and my life has become easy through this whole COVID thing. I have been working from home since the end of March, and there is a study saying that most people who have been home now have gained 30 pounds. Thank you, God, I haven't gained a pound because the obsession has been removed. And that is a sweet promise. And I recoil, right, If I at the thought of it. I just don't do it. What have I done all day today? I baked cookies. I've made about 300 cookies. I do it every year, make like 2,000 cookies for friends. And but it's just, it's not mine. And the obsession is gone. I don't have to do any of this. I want it. Yes. No. Yes. No. Because I will never win that argument. Uh, it's that freedom that we get. And we only get it by working the steps. I mean, for us, for compulsive overeaters. Um, I am happy 90% of the time. Uh, and those other 10% of the times can really um, affect everybody around me if I am not following my program, if I am not doing everything that I need to do to keep me as a recovered woman. Um, And I don't want to relapse again, because there is no guarantee that I am going to come back. There's no guarantee that I'm going to um, work my butt off to do this again. I don't know, but I know today what I need to do. Each day, if somebody asks me to speak in a meeting, I say I check in with my God first, and then I say yes. Um, I am not doing, I'm not leading big book retreats anymore because I don't want to get an ego. I'm not taking groups of people through the steps anymore because you know what? I like to work one-on-one. It's just my life is so different. I was so angry and depressed and vengeful and spiteful and... um, a you know, reminder, t- you've got five more minutes, please. Oh, okay, thank you. And and today, you know, when I when I get that restless, irritable, and discontent feelings, I stop. And I do some prayer work. And then I'll go call a newcomer or somebody who's in relapse. Because I have got to work with people. That is what we are supposed to do. I mean, Dr. Bob was so adamant about that. I mean, the fact that I think in 15 years he worked with 5,000 people. Um, and I, I can't say, nope, I'm not answering the phone. I'm too tired. If I see it, somebody that it could be somebody who wants to talk before they pick up the food. 
Um, but I've learned to be humbler, which is not easy for me because I want to win, right? Um, but having a spiritual experience, awakening, whatever, everybody want, whatever you want to call it, you know, I am not that same Julie. I am not, it's just, it breaks my heart to remember how I used to live and how I used to treat people. And is every day a wonderful day? Of course not. Working from home, I I used to travel at least twice a week for work. And I'm not staying in the house and working from home. It brings its own challenges. But not once did I ever say, I got to eat. I got to eat. What I have said is, I got to pray. I got to pray. I got to call one of my circle, you know, the people that are in my circle. I always tell people, you know, you look at a bullseye, that center dot is your God. The next circle is your sponsor. The one after that is like those three to six people that you can just call at any time and they're going to know, oh, Julie, yeah, I remember how work was going for you last week. I have to have that. I have to have my tribe. This is this is a we program, not an I program. Um, yeah, I'm just so happy that I was asked to be here. And, you know, if there's newcomers on the line, and you're 100, 200, 300, 400, 500 pounds overweight, you are in the right place. Because you know what? We love everybody because we have the same problem, but we have the same solution. Uh, My number is area code 530-906-3519, and my name is Julie R. from California. Thanks.